giving me the opportunity to stand here again and bring to you the Word of God tonight. Before I start, I would like uh, the technical stuff there to put it on the screen, the, an excerpt from the blog of Pastor Tom Goldman regarding Sydney. We are all living here in Sydney, and we are in a unique position. Saints, sinners, and souls saved by Pastor Tom Goldman. Australia has the highest per capita immigration rate of any nation in the world. The city of, of Sydney, as an example, is over 5 million souls, and approximately half of them are foreign-born. This has radically altered the nation, but provides a great opportunity for, so, for reaching so many diverse cultures in one city. Many of those immigrants are from the 1040 windows. Most of us are from those countries as well. And the Lord is bringing them into a free country where they can be evangelized. As he is asking for a prayer, please pray for us as we pray poorly and carefully respond to the Lord's leading in this area. And would you also pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into this needy field. There is such a great need and opportunity there. Pastor Tom is asking all his audience that going to read that blog to please pray for the laborers. We are all in Sydney. You are in the God's, God's vineyard. You are his laborer. Tonight I would like to preach from, from the book of Romans on chapter 10, verse 1. Let's open our Bible. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they might get saved. My heart desire and prayer is for Israel that they might be saved. All of, some of you are born here, some of you are naturalized, but we are all Australians, and this is our country. Is that your heart's prayer? Is that your heart's desire that Australian might get saved? The title of my message tonight is The Heart of a Soul Winner. The Heart of a Soul Winner. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says that the fruit of a righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth soul is wise. I believe that, the, that God has something special for us today. You know why? Because this morning, when I turned up for our Sunday school, Brother Herbert was reading from John chapter 1 and is teaching about Andrew, the soul winner. I said, I didn't remember calling Brother Herbert during the week. And then Pastor AJ this morning on wisdom, soul winner, he that winneth he that winneth soul is wise. From that from that alone, I'm I don't know how can I explain it, but I know that the the Holy Spirit is trying to convey 
the message for us. We didn't talk with each other. I don't rem remember talking with Pastor AJ except for the support. And hoping that the men this morning will not listen to what, to what Brother Herbert encouraged them to at least give at least a dollar. It would be nice if it would be a $100, brother. <laughs> but, you know, this morning, from our text, this is Paul's desire. He said to the church in, Romans, in Rome, Brethren, my heart desire and prayer is for Israel to be saved. Paul was a missionary. Paul was a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle. But first and foremost, he was a soul winner. I believe that, that he was a, a soul winner. That's his calling, to bring, to bring people to Christ. And each one of you, each one of us here, that call on the name of the Lord, that claim to be a Christian, it's one of, it's one of us here is a soul winner. You are a soul winner. You are a soul winner. If you are a Christian, you are a soul winner. Can you look at each other and say, you are a soul winner? Remind him, remind him, you are a soul winner. Let's all come to the Lord in prayer. Give grace by the Lord, truly, O oh Lord. My voice is nothing, O oh Lord. My words is nothing, O oh Lord. Except only, O oh Lord, if the anointing comes from you, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, that you anoint me with thy spirit, O oh Lord. May thy power and boldness, Lord, be upon me, O oh Lord, so that I can deliver, Lord, the message that you want, O oh Lord, for this church here tonight, O oh Lord. I pray, O oh Lord, that revive thy church, Lord. Revive thy, thy church, Lord, so that they will be deeply will understand, O oh Lord, their not only a responsibility, O oh Lord, but being a Christian, O oh Lord, that they are a soul winner. Thank you very much, Lord, for tonight. And may thy name be glorified and your name be proclaimed. In Jesus' name we pray. The heart of a soul winner. What makes one a soul winner? You know that we have a mandate? And what is a mandate? A mandate is an authority. A mandate is a command. And what is our command? What is our mandate? Go. As in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 28 say, go. That's our mandate. Our mission is to be a witness. Acts 1.8. 1.8 says there that we are, let's see there, one, Acts 1.8. Let's go there on Acts 1.8. Before the Lord was taken up into, the, into heaven, he left this command, he left this, mission, this commission, not only to the 12 apostles actually, but to all of us here that claim to be a Christian. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, 
and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, here, where we are now, in all Judea, in all the surrounding suburbs and towns and regions and city and state and in Samaria and unto the outermost part of the earth. Paul's prayer and desire for Israel is indicative of four things in his heart. Number one, the condition of his heart. Number two, the compassion of his heart. Number three, the commitment of his heart. And number four, the consolation of his heart. We know Paul, before he became Paul, he was Saul. Isn't it? And who is Saul before he became a Christian? We know that Saul, before he became a Paul, before he became a Christian, he was exceeding mad on us, on the Christians. They dragged them out of their houses and put them bound and sent them to prison. Let's see. Let's see on Acts, Acts chapter 10. The condition of his heart. I believe that Paul cannot be a soul winner except he is truly saved. And if you are saved this morning, this evening, then you are a soul winner. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 9, sorry. And Saul, yet breathing out, threatening in slaughter against the disciple of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether there were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And on the way to the Damascus, he found the Lord. Lord, The Lord Jesus Christ, in verse 3, as, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Soul, soul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Just like the song that this lady sang to us. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. That was from a young child. Samuel, same thing here. When Saul got converted, his first question is, what will thou mean to do, Lord? What will thou have me to do, Lord? Paul was saved when he met the Lord. Are you saved tonight? This preaching that I'm going to do to you will be non-valid to you if you are not saved. If you have not seen yourself as a sinner and need a Savior. Just like Paul. Paul hated the Christians. 
The Bible says that he was exceedingly mad at them. He was exceedingly mad at them. But he met the Lord. Have you met the Lord? Have you been born again? Are you saved? Are you truly saved? Because if you are really truly saved, then you have that heart's desire. And you have that heart's prayer for your loved ones, for your friends, for your workmates, for Sydney, for Australia, for the country of your birth, that they might be saved. And he was totally surrendered. You know, on Acts 26, let's see, on Acts 26, when he described his conversion, the condition of his heart, Paul was truly saved and he was totally surrendered to his calling. During his conversion on Acts chapter 26, Paul described his conversion here. On verse, on verse 11, he said that, And I punished them up in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, against them I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Funny thing that Paul, when he was not a Christian, Paul, when he was not yet saved, Paul, when he was not yet a believer, he was totally consumed with his hatred that he even going after them on the strange cities. And now, on this conversion that he's trying to tell to King Agrippa, to Prestus, he said that when, he's, when he met the Lord, God gave him his calling. On verse 18, this is the calling of Paul when he got saved. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And then Paul said, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. He was totally surrendered. When he met the Lord, he said, Lord, here am I. Here I am, Lord. And the Lord gave him his calling. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 to 16, another description of Paul's Paul, uh, conversion. See, Paul was so thankful. You know why? Because in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 15, I, I believe, that Paul said this a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into this world. To what? Why did he came into this world? Why God need to live the, the glorious place in heaven? Why he became a man? Why? To save sinners of whom I am chief. That's why Paul always described his conversion. Galatians chapter 1. Let's see. And we can see that he was totally surrendered to his calling. 
verse, verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men. Verse 16, uh, verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen immediately and conferred not, conferred not with flesh and blood. There's no struggling. It's like, deal's done. No question asked. You know, tonight, while I was shaking someone else's hand, someone told me a pastor. Good evening, pastor. I cringe on that. Not that I'm ashamed of that term. No. It's the highest calling of God. But I'm not a pastor. Since I was 20, people have called me that. Because when my brother, my two younger brothers went on full time, they become a pastor. People call me, when are you going to be a pastor? When are you going to be a pastor? And then I married my beautiful wife. And her brother became a pastor as well. And they asked me, when are you going to be a pastor? When are you going to be a pastor? I'm getting confused, Lord. Lord, are you really calling me? All these people are just... Or this, I'm only mistaking your, your calling because of these people calling me a pastor. That's why he's calling. And I don't think I can be a pastor anymore. I disqualify myself from that. From the qualification of a pastor. But the thing is, you don't need to be a pastor to be a soul winner. You don't need to. You don't need to be a pastor to be totally surrendered to the will of God in your life. You don't need to be a pastor or evangelist or a missionary. You just need to be a soul winner. Because if you are truly saved, if you are totally surrendered, then you know, you know that God wants you to be a soul winner. In John, chap John chapter 1, Brother Herbert, I apologize for, for quoting some of your message this morning. Oh, gee. Where's the copy of your message this morning? I think I left it at home. Oh, it's all right. I memorized a, a bit of it. I learned something from you this morning. You know. Andrew, the soul winner. That's the title of his message this morning. So I learned it. I memorized it. Andrew, the soul winner. John chapter 1. Verse 35. And again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, John the Baptist saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him. Who the two disciples heard? Heard John the Baptist speak about the Lord. Behold the Lamb of God. Who are you hearing this morning? Who are you following this morning? The Bible says, when they heard him speak, they followed Jesus. They didn't follow the pastor. They didn't follow their leader. They followed Jesus. 
You know, when you're trying to reach this world, when you're trying to, lose, to, to reach this lost world, you're not trying to win them to yourself. You're not trying to shine this little light of mine. I will let it shine. You're not shining that light of yours so that people can see you. Just like John the Baptist, he was burning and shining for the love of God that taken away the sins of the world. That's why when they heard, when they heard him speak about the Lord Jesus Christ, they followed who? John the Baptist? They followed Jesus. That's why if you, if I can't do anything if my message tonight will open you because some of them will be really hard. Because I'll be challenging you, church, to do something for God. Our theme for this month is revival. Is that revival just a rhetoric word to you? You cannot be so winner, if you're not totally, if you're not truly saved and totally surrendered. Number two, the compassion of his heart. The compassion of our heart, being a soul winner, should be like our Savior. To love the sinner. If the mandate that we receive from God Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. If you're going to do that because out of duty, then forget it. Forget it. If it's out of duty, forget it. The compassion of your heart. You know, when Paul got saved, he was madly, he was exceedingly mad with the Christian. But when he got saved, he loved the sinner. You know, in, in, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 9, in Romans chapter 9, let's see, Paul's heart, the compassion of his heart for the people of Israel, even though they tried to kill him. You know that there are 40 people that took a bow that they're not going to eat nor drink until they called, they called, they killed, until they killed Paul. Some people thinking that they, if they're going to kill someone in the name of religion, they'll go to heaven. Yeah, some people still believe that. That's why we got too many problems in the world, because of religion, because they're following wrong thing. But Paul, even though he suffered so much, so much from his countrymen, Paul's, Paul's burden for Israel in chapter 9, Romans chapter 9, 9, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness. I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish 
that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He called the nation of Israel his brother, but not brother in faith, in the flesh. He said, I'd rather be a curse for Christ. I'd rather be a curse from Christ for my countrymen. Because he loved his countrymen. In spite of all the suffering that he gets from them. Because he know he wants to be like the, the, his Savior. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants to be like his Savior. That's why he wants to love the sinners. In Titus 3, verse 7, Titus 3, verse 7, don't worry, girls. I'm not going to step down on this step. I'm not going to fall down there again. That's why I'm staying here on this pulpit. And don't worry, my the pages of my Bible is not falling apart now. Thanks to Sister, Sister Claudia who picks my Bible. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Titus chapter 3, verse 7. Okay, verse 4, sorry. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appear, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, be, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heir according to the hope of eternal life. We are a recipient of God's kindness and mercy. Isn't it? And the simple thing that God is asking us is to show that same kindness, show, show that same love to the world. We cannot sit on our high horses and say, I'm already saved. Maybe you have a free ticket to heaven now. You can sit back and relax. Some people that uh, that fly business class, you know, I envy them. You know, every time I go overseas and then passing through that business class, you know, you can see that you know they're sitting on that leather chair, have that special food in front of them. You know, sometimes, pastor. Sometimes, most of the, sometimes some of our, our, our thinking, sometimes, it's like that. I have a free ticket. I think I'm going to upgrade it to business class. I'll just sit back and relax. Don't care. Don't care what's happening around me. Look at all those poor missionaries. Look at all those poor soul winners. Look at all those, those people that those men that standing on that table. Look at them. Look at Akin. Look at Henry. Look at Rex. Look at Ernest. Look at Brother Jess. 
They're just standing there out in the sun. And then they're going to walk later on. Out in the sun, maybe in the rain, sharing the gospel. I don't care. I, I want to have my chest up. I want to have my nap. Sunday afternoon. Hello. I'm coming to church again tonight. I'm so spiritual. I don't care those men there standing there. Maybe you don't even know why they're standing there on that table that Pastor EJ is setting up every Sunday after, after church in the morning. Those are trucks. Hello. Those are trucks. Do you love people? Huh? Have you experienced love? Do you love someone? Are you awake? Do you love someone? Thank you, sister. That's why Brother Burns there is smiling all the way here because he knows that you love him. Do you love someone? Wow. We are on the safety, we are on the confine and safety of this church. And you cannot even testify that you love someone. Wow, pastor. How can you say that you are totally surrendered to the will of God? How can you say, how can you proclaim that you are the son of God? You are a child of God. How can you testify about the goodness and mercy and love of Christ in the outside world, in the lost and dying world, if here in the confines of this church, you cannot even testify that you love someone? Shame! Shame on us. Pastor EJ, do you love your wife? I can't hear you. I will shout it on the mountaintop that I love my beautiful wife. Brother Ronnie, can you shout it? Amen on what? (laughs) If you love someone, you can testify. My wife, my wife, your wife or your loved one doesn't need to put a knife on your neck to ask you if you love them. No. Because it will show. What's in the heart will? Diba? Diba? <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? What's in your heart, it will come out. How can you say that you love the Lord? Like what Pastor Hernan preached to us last Wednesday evening. How can you say that you love the Lord that you cannot see? If that love will not put into action by witnessing, by sharing the gospel, how can you say you love the Lord if you cannot love the people that he died for? shown their love on you. Like what Brother Herbert said this morning, Andrew doesn't care that he will be a second fiddle to his brother. Second fiddle. Did I say it correctly, girls? (laughs) Did I pronounce it correctly? Anyway. I'm a Filipino, so F and F. 
F and P is interchangeable. You know, so. Andrew doesn't care. But because he loves his brother. That's why he first finded his brother and told him about Jesus. When the Samaritan woman got saved, he didn't go to his first or second or third or fourth or fifth husband. No. He went into the town. He went into town and proclaimed, see and hear the man and told everything about me. Is not this the Christ? And what did the, the, those town folks say to her after? We believe not because he just heard you testify about him, but we heard him ourselves. When you're testifying, when you're witnessing, please make sure, especially to the ladies, don't try to witness to a man and use your charm. Don't try to, you know, as much as possible, if you want to witness to someone, to a man, please bring someone with you, a man as well, so that they will, they, you will win him, not because of your charm or beauty, but because of Christ. Men, same thing with your men. Single men, single ladies, please bring someone to Christ. Only Christ alone. Please. Number three. Uh, on that compassion of his heart, Jude 21, 22. That's a very powerful message, powerful text, powerful verse in the Bible. Jude 21, verse 22. Oh, no, Jude. Jude 1, sorry. Only one chapter in Jude. Jude, 20, verse 21 and 22. The Bible says, Keep yourself in the love of God. Here again, the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Please make a difference. Show compassion. Love the sinners like the Savior. Number three, the commitment of his heart. On Paul's prayer that his Heart desire and prayer is for Israel is that they might get saved. You can see the commitment of his heart. Number one, he wants to complete the course set before him. Let's see on Acts 20, verse 24. We're, we're just on time. Don't worry. We're on, we're on track. You still awake? Are you there now? I love the sound of the turning of the pages of the Bible. I'm not yet there because I don't have apps with, like yours. You know? Acts 20, verse 24. The Bible says, 
but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. His commitment. He is committed. Paul was committed to finish the course that was set before him. And he says here, I want to finish my course with joy. Isn't it on on Romans chapter 9, verse 1, it says there that with great happiness and sorrow, isn't it? It looked like on that verse alone, it says that Paul was depressed. He was unhappy. Oh, I don't want to be a soul winner because you're going to be depressed. Like what Paul said, with heaviness of heart. God wants you to be, have that kind of heart, to have that heaviness and sorrow when you are in your closet when you are praying for them, when you are alone with God. But when you're testifying, when you're witnessing, when you're out in the front, when you are with your workmate, with your relatives, with your loved ones, they might see your joy. Are you happy? Are the people around you can see Christ in you. Don't be like what my friend has told us 20 years ago. A friend told me. I said to him, Brother, why the, why the gloom in your face? He was like, Why? Oh, don't worry about me. I'm jumping in the inside. You know? Like, he was jumping on the inside. What do you mean? You know? But it was like that. You know? Don't worry about me. There's that character on the seven dwarfs. You know, one of them is, uh, what's his name? Seven dwarfs. What's his name? <laughs> one of the seven dwarfs. What's his name? No? No one? Huh? Grumpy. Are you grumpy? You know, I have, sometimes I have some problem with my ear, hearing. Eh? I ask my granddaughter, why are you calling me? Lolly. She called me Lolly. She called me Lolly. And Biggie said, because you're so sweet. How come one time I heard you call Brother Herbert grumpy? No! Oh, they'll call him grumpy. Grandpa, not grumpy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not grumpy. It's not. The commitment of his heart. He wants to complete the, his course, the course that was set before him with joy. Second Timothy chapter four verse seven. Second Timothy, chapter four verse seven. You there now? And this one, verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. 
I have kept the faith. You know why you can share the gospel to everyone? You know why? God is not asking you to share something that you don't have. Listen up. How can you tell people? How can people get saved? How do you get saved? Someone shared to you the gospel, isn't it? It's only Paul, I think, from, from memory, from the Bible, that God directly showed his, his, his glory to Paul. Because that's a special, special revelation. That's a special task. Because Paul needs to be, God wants to use him in a mighty way. Because they don't have the Bible at that time yet. How did you get saved? Someone shared the gospel to you. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10, something from that one, he says that how can they hear? How can they believe? Why? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why I think it's First Peter chapter three, verse fifteen. What's does First Peter chapter three, verse verse fifteen says? Sanctify the Lord God in thine heart. And be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asketh you of the hope. Brother Alex, help me out here. Sorry? That is within you. You cannot share something that you don't have. You cannot answer the question about the hope that is in thee, if it's not in thee, if it's not in you. That's why don't give me that excuse. I cannot go soul winning. Eh? <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I, I'm having that Tagalog interjection. You know, I cannot, I cannot go soul winning. Why? I don't know how to share. I'm not asking you to give me an ice, to give, to share to me something that's not in you. Like, get into your pocket. Get into your pocket. Come on. Get into your pocket or look something in your bag. Come on. What's in there? Don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to put it on the operating plate. Don't worry. Come on. Are you scared that I'm asking you to put that what's in your head? No. Look what you have on your pocket. I have the key. What's in your pocket? If I ask you to share that with me, brother, thank you. Thank you. See, he, he can offer me something, isn't it? Because he had it. I cannot ask him to, I want a KFC tonight. He doesn't have that. The commitment of his heart to complete the course that's set before him. Number, letter B, to compel the convicted sinner before him. Acts chapter 17. We read lots of stuff in, Acts, in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17, verse 
2 to 4. We're almost done. Sorry, Sister Edna. Acts after. <laughs> That's a private joke between her and me. Okay? And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath day, reasoned with them out of the synagogue, opening and alleging that Christ must need have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I present to you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greek, a great multitude, and of the other women, not a few. And Paul, as his manner was, is mean, as his man is his habit. Make so winning your habit so that you will be wise like what Pastor EJ preached this morning. You mean I will be wise if I Starting, started to win soul? Yes. You know why? Because you will meet lots of people, different people, all aspects, all walks of life. You don't, go to, you don't just preach to the, to the cleaner. No. You don't only preach to the president or CEO of the company. You preach to everyone. And because of that, you learn how to deal with them. You learn how to, in constant doing of sharing the gospel, you learn how to approach them. You learn how to deal with in every situation. Especially if you keep on reading the word of God, God, through the Holy Spirit, will bring that to remembrance. And you can easily share the, the necessary verse in the Bible that's appropriate for that time. You know, last Sunday, and last Sunday, last week, when I was at Hornsby, having my lunch there, I'm a train driver, as you're all aware. So my lunch can be in Hornsby or in Blacktown or in Penrith, etc., etc. I was there, and I saw on the notice board about this lady that I worked with 15 years ago. They said that she passed away already. You know the first thing that came into my mind? I share the gospel so often. Always, every time, I have a chance. I wonder if God calls me to glory, if I don't share there. And I was talking to one of the staff there. She said to me, Oh, life is like that. So enjoy life. You know what I have in my pocket? Enjoy life trucks. I give it to her. Not only that. I said to her, it's not, that's from the Bible, but mostly our introduction about our church, so, and small portion about the Bible. And good thing that I have in my bag one of the book, one of the books that we always give away to our guests here in the church. But I didn't get that as a giveaway from for myself. I bought it. My wife bought it actually. <laughs> Done. I don't have time 
much time to share to her in, in details about the Romans Road or about, you know, crisis or, you know, but she's able to give this book. Five bucks if you're going to the church library. That's all right. You're investing for eternal purpose. You know, me and my wife, we're doing Airbnb as you are aware. We've been doing that for the last five years. And out of that, almost 400 people came in through our doors. 95% of them heard the gospel. The other 5% are prebish, you know, the missionary, preacher, pastor that stayed at our place. I think I should share the gospel to some of them as well. Say, Pastor, maybe they're not yet saved. Some of them, maybe. I don't know. You know, who knows? But I'm saying to that is that my wife and I decided a long time ago when we build our house, that ha that house will not be a, only a blessing for me and my family, but whosoever will enter into that place, that at least they will hear the gospel. Some of them came to this church. One of them, about 20 of them, made professional faith, and one of them got even baptized. And because of that ministry as well, my wife, my wife, on her own accord, started to order some stuff from Chick Publication. Buying all these things. I'm not trying to promote this, Pastor EJ, all right? But what I'm trying to say is that we are investing some money because of eternal purpose. Brother Ernest, Brother Ernest took some sample yesterday. The choice, which one is going to choose? You have a date, Brother Ernest? Are you going to the Philippines and not coming back anymore? One way. You don't get it if you, if you, if you don't know Brother Ernest. <laughs> but the thing is, it's costing us money because we want to invest for eternity. The sad thing is, we have some trucks here in the church. Our goal for this church is to give out 100,000 trucks, gospel trucks. They're there. Last year, Pastor, how much we, we, gave, we, we distributed? 80,000. 80,000. So basically, 80,000 out of that 200 regular members, that's basically about 2,000 each. No, 200 each. Is it? No, my calculation is out of whack. Come on, help me out here. 200? No, that's it. 400 each. Did I get it right now? Yeah. Brother, 80,000. 80,000, 200. <laughs> Two eighty one two five number three yeah four hundred I'm right gee four hundred and out of that eighty thousand Pastor EJ can testify I distributed five thousand of them this year Pastor are we on track 
Amen. Thank you for all those men. Can you please stand up, Brother Rex, Brother uh, Ernest, Brother Henry, Brother Akin, are you here? Can you please stand up? Brother Jess, can you please stand up? Pastor EJ, can you please stand up? Stand up. Where's Henry? Where's Akin? They're not here? Who else in your team, uh, Pastor EJ? Not the regular one that's uh, doing the trucks distribution. Yeah, and your wife. And some of us, if we have a special event, it would be nice that by halfway, it would be a nice problem, but by midway, Pastor, Pastor EJ will tell Pastor Hernan, we have a problem here. Houston, we have a problem here. What's that, Brother EJ? We ran out of trucks. It would be nice, isn't it? Thank you very much, man. Thank you very much for doing that. You're not doing it for this church. You're doing it for God. You know why? Because Paul, lastly, the consolation of Paul's heart. Christ is returning soon. Christ is returning soon. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. We're almost done. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. Oh, what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? What is our joy? What is our hope? What is our crown of rejoicing? Are not ye, you, At the presence of our Lord at His coming. If you're saying that you are waiting for that blessed hope, if you're really saying that you believe that Christ is coming soon, isn't it that we should be winning souls? Isn't it? Isn't it that we should be winning souls? That's why I asked my wife to sing here that song. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for that man that in spite of his struggle financially, he gave me 1000 not for my own expenses because all our, all our expenses for that trip has already been paid for. For the past three years, I financing myself, you know, through God's grace and and blessing. These people that are going with me, they're going to cover their own expenses. But thank you for that man. Thank you for this widow. And in spite of, you know, she's just living by herself, she gave me some money. 500. I still have a check here in my wallet, now in my phone. I'm not going to show you who it is. Because God will reward her openly. Where's that? Okay, I lost it now. 
even the signature. I want to cover it. You might know the signature for $200. She gave me 500 already. This couple, this couple, they go on holiday. They have an, all the excuses. But they gave me 500. And as I told you this morning, this unbeliever, she's not even a Christian. But because she saw the passion in me, in doing my ministry, she gave me 20 bucks. This senior citizen, she made a commitment to me. I don't know how much she's going to give. I don't know. I don't want to know. Because I told her, just put it on the offering plate. Why am I telling you this? To give it to me? No. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. The ministry will go on. The work of God will go on. With or without your support. With or without your giving. With or without your your talent, your time, your treasure. God doesn't, doesn't need you. He even say that even the stone. Don't be like the nation of Israel. We are Abraham's seed. Don't be, have that kind of attitude. I have Christ in my heart. If you have that kind of attitude that you have Christ in your heart, then show it. Show your love by taking an action. I like this one. This lady. My wife said, when I shared to her, this lady, I don't, I don't even, I barely talk to her. And she, when she found out, really? She gave you that money? I tried to sell her some skincare product. She said she cannot afford it. And she gave me 300. She gave me 300. She cannot even afford a skincare. I think that's only about 25 bucks. She said, I cannot afford it. I'm just a single man. But when she found out that they have a need in this evangelistic crusade, that a thousand people, thousand, one thousand soul winner will be, try, will be trying to reach 300 people in five days. They don't even need to ask her. She just sent me a message, what's your bank detail, brother? Don't worry, if you ask me, I'll give it to you. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to bully you. I'm not going to harass you. I don't care about your money. But I do care is your heart. Christ is coming soon. And Christ is rewarding sure. First, on, per, on 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, on continuation of that, I have fought, on verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you love the Lord? 
Are you expecting for his return? Paul was saying, I will receive a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will give it to me, but not only to me, but unto all them, unto all them. On that all, are you included? Do you really believe that Christ is coming soon? Do you really believe that God is a just rewarder of them that faithfully serve him? You know, when Paul, before he was converted, as my conclusion, oh, thank you. We're almost done. You know, Paul, before he got converted, he saw these men. Not only these men and all the people throwing their robes of their clothes on him. Hey, because they about they are going they about to stone Stephen. Because Stephen preached about Jesus that he is the Christ. And when they about to stone Stephen, took up their and put it on the feet of that young man who is sold. You know because Stephen died? You know what happened? You want to go to that? You want to go to that one? Let's see. So let's see. I'm not just telling you a fib. Acts chapter 7, verse 54, 60. And we're done. In conclusion. Wow. I went on overtime. Acts chapter 7. Fifty-four. When they heard this thing, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right, right hand of God. This is the first time that I see that Jesus was standing. Isn't the Bible keeps saying that Jesus was sitting on the right hand of God? But here, Jesus is standing. You know why? Because Jesus is about to welcome Stephen into glory. And you know why he's standing? Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Let us stand up, please. Let's close our eyes. And in your heart, can you please look steadfastly into heaven? No one looking around. Just focus on, on what we have heard this morning, this evening. You heard my voice. Are you going to follow Jesus? Look steadfastly into heaven. What do you see? Can you see yourself going to be welcomed by the Lord Jesus Christ in the time of your death 
or in his second coming? And will God, will Jesus say to you, will he be standing up and say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Pastor Richard, 